Hi, I'm Faith Saley, and I don't mean to brag, but I played a singing, genetically enhanced mutant named Serena Douglas on DS9, and you are listening to The Greatest Discovery. Captain! Captain! We have engaged the Klingons. 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 Welcome to The Greatest Discovery. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. I'm Ben Harrison. I'm Adam Pranica. And we have a really special guest today, uh, the host of PRI's Fair Game. It's Faith Saley. <laughs> I didn't realize we took the time machine back to 2008. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was, you were like one of my OG podcasts. I listened to Fair Game like every single day when it was, uh, when it was in production. Do you see my face? It's like you're giving me <laughs> bittersweet feelings. Like actually it makes me happy and it causes me pain. I, that show, <laughs> that show was so fun, and it was. It was one of the first podcasts ever. Yeah, it was. Uh, it like that, and um, what is now Bullseye with Jesse Thorne were my were were my on ramp to podcasting, and now it's what I do for a living. So I have a lot uh, a, a lot of appreciation for the trail you blazed. Oh gosh, thank you, thank you, Faith. I just want to say. Uh... <laughs> I haven't heard Fair Game, but I am a big fan of the 2010 film starring Naomi Watts and Sean Penn. You can't break me. I don't have a breaking point. Oh, yes, about Valerie Plame. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Nice. <laughs> I thought you but, were spectacular in that movie. Thank you so much. You know, a lot of people missed my performance, but it was there. Uh, <laughs> I was mute because that's my that's my thing. That's your thing. Yeah, yeah, that's typecasting. Yeah. But Faith, you're also here because you were on Deep Space Nine, a two-episode arc that spanned two uh, seasons as Serena Douglas. That's like a rainbow of an arc. That's a long arc. Yeah. Yeah. It was a long arc. And, and I mean, like, one of the things that's amazing about Deep Space Nine is how much they will take a character that you might not have expected to get another crack at and given, like, given dimensionality to... And your character is one of my favorite examples of that. You're like almost catatonic in the first episode that you're in. And I I read that you had some lines written for you that didn't wind up. Did they get shot and cut or did they just not even not even shoot them? There's so much to dig into. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> there, so I I get cast as Serena Douglas, um, and it was, I, and Adam, I think it was you. I listened to the podcast where you talked about Chrysalis, and uh-huh. you were wondering if I got, oh no, it must have been the podcast where you talked about statistical probabilities, the first one, uh, right. where you wondered if I got paid as an extra. <laughs> because, yeah. <laughs> and I'll have you know, sir, that that was actually... My first, it wasn't my first time on TV, but it was my first guest star single billing. My name appeared on the screen all by itself at the beginning of the episode. And so I got paid just as much as everybody else, I think. That's great. That's great. I wasn't saying it to make fun. I was saying it in defense of you. (laughs) Well, thank you. I worked really hard with my face. Right. Yeah. (laughs) We talk about this all the time. Like Star Trek throws these like totally unique challenges at actors. Like, hey, your character doesn't. Uh, we will ne- we will never see their eyes, or will be you will be under ten pounds of prosthetic makeup, or your character doesn't speak but has a 
really important role to play in moving the story forward. And that's uh, that's what your first episode on Deep Space Nine was like. That's right. And I remember going out and, you know, we filmed it in Burbank in August. So you would be on this deep, dark set and you go outside and the sun was blinding and there would be all those those people in prosthetic and like zipped up unitards smoking. And I'm just like, <laughs> they, like, when do you pee? Like they should have been paid 15 times more than I got just to get out of those costumes. Um, but there, I, yes, like I waited that whole week of filming for, for my scene where I got to speak. And I think it was shot on the last day and it was a very, it was a very emotional scene. And I even remember thinking like, and this is a bad thing for an actor to think. It's a really bad thing for an actor to think. But I th- remember thinking, I want to cry. I want to cry. I want to nail the scene. And I also want to have tears flowing down my cheeks to wipe off that kabuki white makeup that made me look like <laughs> You want to like you want to do the award show clip oh, moment. <laughs> I was going to win like a guest star Emmy for that. Uh-huh. And, um, and we shot it. And we did shoot it. And I also remember Anson Williams, the director was so supportive during that scene, you know, because it was like the one day that not all the Jack Pack, what do you all call them? Like the like the lame X-Men? <laughs> yeah. They weren't there. This was like my time to shine. And um, and we shot it. And I don't, I, I think I achieved welling tears. I don't remember that I achieved tears, tears streaming down my face. But I'm going to tell you, well, now that we're talking about tears, there's there's a very sad story attached to this, which is that at the time we were shooting, my mother was dying, oh. and um, and we all knew she was dying, and but she was so happy to she was 53, she was in Florida, I was spending as much time with her as possible. I flew back because I got this part, and she was so happy. Right, I'd been in I'd been in LA for a year, and this was like mm-hmm. this was the big this was the big part, and. Yeah. Um, and so I was very sad then anyway, even though the experience was very, very fun. But I I wanted her to see the episode. I wanted her to be able to see the episode on TV. She died a month before it aired. And so Ugh. it aired on Thanksgiving. And if I recall, wow. it was either like the day before or the day after, but it was right around Thanksgiving. And so I'm there with my brothers and their partners and my dad. And it's like, let's all do this. So we sit down. Big moment big moment and like this big scene where I finally get to talk is supposed to happen about you know like three quarters of the way through the episode at at the at the climax and we're all just ready like goes to commercial okay when it comes back y'all this is my scene and they cut out and they cut out the lines and it was like oh and of course at that time I didn't know that they would have me back in a year to sing a freaking aria (laughs) <laughs> so it was a bit of an oof in the gut. That's such a big part of being an actor too is is like that you put the work in and then you have no control over how it is used in the edit. That's and right. that's a, that's just a scary like leap to make in in some ways. Did you call Anton Williams on Thanksgiving? I said Potsy, and, and we were like, you motherfucker. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's try playing Splish Blast. That'll really get him. He was yeah. so playful and fun and super, like a super good director. Just really clear vision. But when I watch that episode, I can tell you're having fun. Right, right. She's <laughs> she's silly. She's really just silly, isn't she? Right. Behind all the mute and uh, like like thousand yard stares, there's a real joie de vivre. <laughs> it yeah. really is. I'm um, constantly telling my wife when I'm expressionless and staring into the middle distance that I actually am having fun at this dinner party, I promise. I'm just genetically enhanced and you don't, you are not, so you don't see it. No, we Uh used to to laugh. There's so many shots 
of me in the background, like like putting my hands on the wall. And yeah. they used to, the, the, the crew, uh, Tim Ransom, who played Jack, Michael Keenan, who played Patrick and Hillary, uh, Shepard, who played Lauren, they would be like, all right, Faith, go play the wall. Like we had this joke that it was like, all right, we're about, we're about to begin. Go play something on the wall. You joke, but like watching your performance in that episode, it's so like, you're not, you're not miming or being clowny or anything. And I feel like it's got to be so hard to to do what you did in that episode and not draw attention to yourself in a silly way. Thank you very much. You all, you all said such kind and really, I don't know if you have acting backgrounds, but really insightful, perspicacious even um, things <laughs> when you talked about the episode. And it was really, it, oh God, it's 24 years ago, but it was very gratifying to have that recognize i i did really need to be like ever present but yeah. in the background and um and i appreciate that thank you oh cool yeah your your ever presence is very funny because <laughs> like you'll you will like start walking across the room in in one shot and like the camera will cut around and, and you'll just kind of like be <laughs> so, behind an actor <laughs> saying it is like like there's something very very funny about about the way that that you did that and and the blocking must have been tricky because it, like you have to be in the right spot in the room for the right lines as the camera cuts that's exactly right i had to remember what part of the wall i was playing it's true and then you just see like there are some shots and by the way y'all i had not we can go into this if you want, but for various reasons, I had not watched these two episodes for 23 years. I only watched them a few weeks ago for the really? first time since they aired because someone, someone, a journalist interviewed me about it for Star Trek.com. And oh, cool. Yeah. And it brought up lots of emotions. But what I did, what I wasn't prepared for was to laugh out loud, just seeing my tw 26 year old self sort of like walk across the screen in like a catatonic state. Yeah, you like invented photo bombing with this character. Yes! <laughs> um, that's really, that's really wild that, that you hadn't revisited this in such a long time. And I mean, we just we just reviewed these episodes for our show, The Greatest Generation, so they feel very recent to me. But yeah, like thinking about this as being 24 years ago yeah. is a trip. And it doesn't feel like like there are episodes of Star Trek that don't hold up. And we talk about that a lot. But uh, these feel like kind of uniquely timeless and... I mean, I think that they're they're really well written, but they also like get at some stuff that, you know, Star Trek tackled issues like intellectual uh, diversity and augmentation. Yeah. Neurodiversity. And I mean, implicitly, it's like about autism and people. Right. I completely agree. I was I, I was kind of blown away by by how relevant and and kind of trenchant the the episode themes were. Maybe like the high wire act is in that second episode that you did because it's got the issue of a doctor and a patient falling in love with each other and that like I, I read that um that the the scene where you and Dr. Bashir when your character and Dr. Bashir kiss was reshot like a month later mm -hmm. because the the way they shot it the first time he comes off, off as predatory and Star Trek is littered with times when a male character comes off as predatory and it's not addressed. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I mean that was that was a really prescient 
sort of recognition on the part of, of the writers and producers of that episode. And, you know, in filming it the first time, I didn't experience it as predatory. I experienced it as Alexander Siddig having just smoked a cigarette right before he kissed me. <laughs> oh, and, and, come on. And Nana Visitor not being very happy about the scene. But um, yeah. Was she just off camera, like, watching you? So the truth is, it would, it, would be, it would be unfair to say yes. The truth is, I don't remember. I just remember uh-huh. she, she wasn't, and I don't blame her. I, like, she wasn't, like, <laughs> the warmest during that week when and if I saw her, which was rare, rarely, right? Because we didn't uh-huh. ha- really have any scenes together except, I think, one. Yeah. Um, I just remember being like, that's rude. I'm sorry. That's rude. <laughs> like, it is rude to smoke right before you kiss somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At least throw a Tic Tac in if you're going to do it. But, you know? but he, yes, exactly. Um, but it's, first of all, that scene where we kiss provided if not my favorite line I've ever uttered as an actor, at least it's right in the top three, which is like, like think about having to sell the line where you say, you know, what's a girl supposed to do when she wakes up from a long sleep? Point to one of those specks of light out there, pack her bags and go make a life for herself. <laughs> you still got it, Faith. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. And honestly, I think what was so, and, and you alluded to this when you talked about the episode, what was so... Um, kind of fun and challenging about playing the, you know, woken up Serena was like zero subtext, right? So actors yeah. are always, we're always mining for subtext and how many different ways can we deliver this line and how many different things can we say with a simple line? And when Serena is awakened, she's guileless and she's not, and, and she's charming and lovable, but not flirtatious. And right. and she's not, she's never, she's impressive to other people, but she's never showing off her intellect. It's just a matter of fact to her. And it was right. really, it was just really fun to play that kind of part. I don't know that I've ever played anything since that's so straightforward and guileless. So when you were called back a month later to reshoot The Kiss... You, yeah, was Nana there for that also? <laughs> you uh, you went to a convenience store and you bought a pack of unfiltered Marlboro Reds and you smoked them all in the car on the way there, and, right? Yeah, but then you couldn't smoke on the set, so I put dip in my mouth. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him tongue. Um, Did you eat a rack of Oreos uh, also? Um, it. Uh, oh, I'll I'll give you a little Easter egg. Uh, my hair is much longer in the sec and when when they reshot the kiss like it, and it was had, wow. it was it was what they call a fall which is like a very 1960s term for hair it's like they had attached hair cuz my my hair when we first shot was longer and then when we came back for the next season it was shorter so they had attached hair to make my hair longer and they didn't have that wig handy so they made <laughs> I I'm wearing a much longer wig which I think looks more fetching in the uh, right. in the kiss wow. scene yeah yeah Wow. Costume and makeup carry so much weight in those episodes for you, especially like you really bounce back and forth between, you know, the dark circles, pale look to like you, you're like really looking alive when you've mentally woken. What was that like for you day to day to like look at yourself in the mirror like, ah, and then <laughs> and then have the good days when you're when you're feeling like you have blood going yeah. to all of your extremities. It was I know like pinching my cheeks when nobody's right. looking. It was a um an adjustment when I first was cast as Serena to be like 
I, I, here I am with like a big guest star on a very big show. <laughs> that was a very big show then with yeah, like yeah. serious close-ups. And I look awful. Um, <laughs> when it when it came to filming Chrysalis, uh, where I got to shine, I I didn't mind because I was like, oh, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. I'm going to have like a little blush. I'm going to have a little mascara. <laughs> and you know, one of you, I think it was you, Adam, one of you had a very impressive... A comment for a heterosexual man about how they chose an empire waist dress for me to wear. Oh yeah. <laughs> when yeah, when I have my big reveal, it's not sexy librarian. It's like right, no. very chaste. I looked mm-hmm. very yeah. I, I looked very chaste. I even remember watching the episode when it aired with a friend and her nine year old daughter and her daughter was her daughter's name Charlotte and she was super British. She goes, Mommy is Faith pregnant there? <laughs> I remember her mother going, shh, no. <laughs> Empire waste is basically the only fashion terminology I know. I'm, I'm impressed. And if you want to knock it up a, a notch, a level, say Empire waste. Whoa. See, that's a very Ben thing. Ben's a Francophile, the Francophile mm-hmm. of the show. So That moment could have felt she's all that, and it really doesn't. And yeah. I think that, it's also just an awkward scene because like the other uh, augments are a little bit offended that they didn't get invited to the fun party a and you bit. did. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so much more weight on it than just, uh, you know, coming down the stairs in a in a beautiful gown. Oh, when she takes her glasses off, she's super beautiful. Yeah, Who knew? Yeah, in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really it was smart to make the sex pot the one who like does the, you know, what is it the Molly Ringwald Ali Sheedy do over, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, I just needed to play it kind of shyly and excited and again not coy. It was um it was fun. Rewatching them, I was thinking about the cut lines in that first episode and I was wondering if you had to like take the character back to the drawing board a little bit in developing a character that goes from like totally nonverbal to starting to speak and then sing. Like the did the lines that you spoke the first time you shot this character jibe with that that like those early moments when Serena is kind of like not even like able to hear her own voice. It's so hard to remember. I know that they weren't delivered in like a like a Faith Saley self-possessed voice. And I know that they were they were very few lines. I, I, uh-huh. I think they may have been monosyllabic, but they still counted. It still hurt to have them cut. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was really and, and again, like when I shot the second episode, this is 23 years ago when none of us was was just. Oh, uh, like talking about the things we talk about now in, in terms of sensitivity and considering differently able communities. I do remember a conversation where we needed to make sure I wasn't making fun of deaf people. And yet I do sound as if I have hearing loss, right? Because because we knew I didn't have the, the sense of um, cadence and pitch. It's interesting that they gave that moment to Jack, though, to like make fun of you for it. It weirdly like uh, de-weaponizes what could have been like an unintentional joke there by by making it an intentional joke and putting it in his, in his mouth and then shaming him for saying right, it. right. It exactly was, it, he's yeah. the jerk that brought it up yeah it, it was it was very smart yeah um and yeah. I, I think now is the time that i need to let you know that um uh, when did we film that we filmed that in 1998 that eight years after we filmed that episode um the actor who plays jack tim ransom and i fell in love wow like, we had we had a relationship for for a year what no way <laughs> yes, yes. after he was so mean to you about the way you sounded when you started yeah. speaking is that juicy 
Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And like, it's not like we we kept in touch. I mean, I, this was like during the end days of my first marriage. Like I was separated and. Did you run into him in a convention or something? Like, how does that even work? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was, I was doing fair game. I had moved from LA to New York and he was living in I New York. I could tell something was going on listening to the episodes. I was like, I think that the <laughs> Faith has a new romance in her life. There's something. There's something. She's, she's, Serena's getting some. Uh, <laughs> and, and he, he was living in New York and he and he had my old email and he and he reached out to me and um, wow. and it was like a, it was so I, I'm telling you all that because I think it's like extremely juicy trivia and I adore Tim Ransom but also not having seen the episodes for 23 24 years watching him whom I know now in many other ways I, I think he is hilarious he is yeah. so obnoxious and fantastic and like just like staccato. It's like it's like a David Mamet play on Deep Space Nine without the cursing. Yeah. He really like Kool-Aid mans his way into that first scene in that first episode. Like yeah. just just like takes over the screen. He's like, okay, this is gonna be a really intense character. <laughs> Speaking of conventions, do you do you ever go to Star Trek conventions? Have you done Have you done that life? Uh, I have once, and it was when I was doing a story for CBS Sunday Morning on the fiftieth anniversary of Star Trek. Oh wow! Which is when, <laughs> not at a convention, but for that same story, I got to interview William Shatner, who is wow. everything you want him to be. And I'll also add that on Fair Game, gosh, we keep referencing that. I got to interview Leonard Nimoy about something yeah. different. And cool. then and then while we're at it, I'll let you know that um, there was one time I was getting off a plane and um, I uh, a George Takai accidentally took my Toomey and I accidentally took his. So his wow. young spry husband, <laughs> Doug Takai, kind of chased me down. I believe you have the wrong suitcase. And, yeah, and, and, I, and I was like, wait, I'm sorry. I really really want to return this to your husband myself because I have been beamed up on Star Trek and it didn't seem I mean he was George Kai is lovely but it was a very brief interlude anyway I was at a convention I was interviewing people as myself for the show um, and it was the big one it was the Las Vegas convention okay and 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 then I was also like, um, oh, is anybody going to recognize me? <laughs> and, and basically nobody did. And I went over to a table and I found some cards of myself, right? Like trading yeah. cards. And so, of course, I bought those. And then <laughs> and then I'm interviewing this family who's all dressed up in their Star Trek cosplay. And I asked them, what's your favorite? You know, I'm doing like Man on the Street. And I said, what's your favorite Star Trek show? And they say Deep Space Nine. And I give a pause because I'm waiting. And then, and then I said, uh, I said, really? Do you remember the episode with like people called them the Jack Pack? And there's that Serena and she sang. And the dad goes, yeah. And then his eyes just got so big and his jaw dropped. And he turned to his wife and he goes, that's her. And that's amazing. It was adorable. And like all of a sudden, he was so flustered because he felt like he should be apologetic toward me. And I was like, no, 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 no. I should have had to wait in line to speak to you. Yeah, exactly. I was like, I'll, 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 sign, your, I'll sign your suit. And he's like, no, that's okay. Um, but that was like my big, that was like my big fan encounter that I had to induce. 
Although, although I'll tell you, like my people are obviously the Venn diagram overlaps with NPR folks, and so right. I, sure. I, at lots of wait, wait, don't tell me tapings um, after which we sign people's programs. There's always somebody <laughs> who's like, "Oh my gosh, I love Serena on Deep Space Nine, which is very sweet. Uh, the sort of feeling of wanting to be recognized, and then also I think probably a little bit appreciating the anonymity of you know being able to do your job without being swarmed by a bunch of You're people. You're too generous, like, Adam. I would have loved to have been recognized. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the conventions that Ben and I have been to, there's such a frequency of like recognizable people sitting behind a table with their name on it and no one talking to them. That's and something painful. about that is is devastating for yeah. me. Like I like I always try to like at least look at them and smile or like say hello <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. It's such a weird social uh, obligation that I feel like just as a visitor, but like I usually be- ask Rob to go say yeah. hi to them because I'm nervous, you know. Aww. Right. <laughs> That's very kind of you, Adam. That does like yeah, it's sort of like the you, you see who the popular kids are at the conventions. Yeah. I remember seeing Terry. Is it Terry Farrell? Is that, mm-hmm. is that like she? And she's hard to miss. She's very tall and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was kind of walking around, obviously infinitely more recognizable in that in that milieu than I am, and and feeling like, oh gosh, come on, y'all, go go mob her, do something. <laughs> yeah, like like rooting for them. Yeah, yeah. That's a. Uh... Actually, a good way to talk about your book, Approval Junkie, which is sort of about those issues, like mm. the 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 like trying to uh, find a way to like seek approval f- from yourself and from others, which is like the name of a game for an, many actors, at least for yeah. at least a part of their career. I haven't read the book yet, but I um, I got myself a copy, and I was oh, uh, I was thinking about the um, that that second audition for a character you'd already played as being oh, like the gosh. slam dunk of approval. So <laughs> like. I love that you bring that up. And it was so those motherfuckers. Can I say that? Please. <laughs> those motherfuckers at Deep Space Nine. Um, no, they they were all very, very nice, but I guess they weren't sure if I had the chops. Um and had me audition to play the character I created a year a year later after they invited back the rest of the Jack Pack. And what was interesting, I was never I was never great at auditioning for film and TV. I would always get very nervous and try too hard. I, I was always better at auditioning for theater. And um mm. and but for this particular audition, I remember very well that I felt totally self confident. Like with an edge of like a, a kind of um, smiley fuck you. Like, <laughs> like uh, there was <laughs> the not... The best kind. Right. There was not a... There was not a point where I felt like I wasn't going to get it. Um, which is probably... I I would have gone on to have several more series if I had always felt that way. But I... Yeah, I, if, if you could, like, bring that up in yourself that. for every audition. Yeah, and, and frankly, at this point in my life, I do have more of that because I'm just more aware of, like, here's what I'm really good at, y'all. Take it or leave it. But, you know, mm-hmm. when you're 27 and being asked to try to audition to play yourself again, um, it's more challenging. But I went in, and I was just sort of... I, frankly, I came from a place of where I was excited. If It's like, oh, well, if you're not sure if I can act, I'm excited to show you that I can. And um, I, I remember this. There's this one visual that that kind of sums it up, which is that they not only made me come come back once to audition, they made me come back again uh, for that. Wow! Right. And when I got the call from my agent that they wanted to see me again, I actually got 
the script, the sides, as we call them, out of the trash. I'm sorry. I didn't I did I didn't have a separate recycling bin in um bin in nineteen ninety-eight. And there was like a, a stain, a circle stain of a coffee uh, that I had, had put coffee on it and then thrown it away. And like maybe even some coffee grounds. And I I kind of held that as a badge of honor. I was like, I'm not printing these out again or faxing these to myself again. Um, right. And I like went in and I didn't care if they saw that it was like all crumpled and had coffee on it. Because it was like, I'm, I'm done with you all. Like, just go ahead and yeah. cast me. And what I think is interesting is that nobody asked if I could sing. Like, like um, that wasn't in the audition. It wasn't in the audition. And here's a, uh, I just, how want, could they not f- do that in the audition? That seems insane. <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess because they just, they hadn't asked the other three who were going to sing. Yeah. I guess they figured we can dub anyone we need to, but th- sure. here's a little fact check. Cause, cause I heard y'all discuss the episode. I think one of you thought that I didn't know I could sing. Is that right? Well, that was in the trivia for the episode was that you you realized it on set that you could. That's like that was the note. I had been doing children's musical theater since I was 11. Like (laughs) I played Sally Bowles. I played Sandy Dabrowski. I've I've done Sondheim in in Europe and in America. When when I heard you say that, I was like, well, no, I'm I'm a musical theater geek. Are you telling us that Memory Alpha, the fan wiki about Star Trek, has inaccurate information occasionally? Can you believe that shit? What? <laughs> Was it harder for you to sing atonally and weird in the beginning because you because you can sing so yeah. well? Is it tough to like take some speed off the fastball? <laughs> Oh my god, that's so generous! It was it was hard. Um, it it, yeah. it was a little challenging, yeah. And, and then it just felt it just felt so fun to sing. The only person who I who really was, felt seen when you sang badly, like I felt like that was my moment of recognition of your character. Yeah. Um. Um. The only person who um did was dubbed was Tim was was the actor who played Jack. Yeah. He was pissed too. He was not pissed that he so was. So when dubbed. you were he dating, did you always take him to karaoke? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just made him sing Dixie Chick songs to me. D- uh, sorry, nice. they were the Dixie Chicks back then. They're the Chicks uh-huh. now. Um, uh, and yeah, Michael Keenan. Michael Keenan became a friend. I had his furniture in my home for a long time. Um, he was marvelous. And sadly, he died. He died last year. Oh. Mm. But he was such a great actor. Um, and and Hillary Shepard, who was then Hillary Shepard Turner, w- had an actual rock band. So she yeah. was a legit singer. I mean, she looks like she rocks. Yeah. (laughs) You were talking about being so familiar with your character that you brought that confidence to to your audition. But did you also bring that to a different director? Like, I think it's so interesting that you were directed by someone in the first episode, the mute episode, we could call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the second time around, like, did you ever have to teach Jonathan West? Like, no, this is actually what Serena would do here or like, was there that kind of relationship between you two? He did. He did not give much direction whatsoever. I I was sad. Jonathan West was lovely, really quiet uh-huh. guy. Cause you know, he was usually the cinematographer for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly yeah. he knew the show inside and out and knew what he was doing. And he had been the cinematographer on the first episode we did that Anson directed. So I just oh, loved cool. Anson so much that I was just sad. He wasn't back for more fun. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think Jonathan, to his credit, 
stepped back and felt like the Jack Pack had it, like we we all kind of knew as as you noted in one of let your let go reviews, and let Jack Pack let you, let go <laughs> and let Jack Pack because I mean really those characters are pretty one dimensional right yeah. it's like the sex pot the big baby in a onesie <laughs> <laughs> and and the angry paranoid guy um, right who drinks too much coffee yeah um and and Jonathan was lovely but did not um I I don't think I don't think there was much direction from him maybe because hmm. I just kind of knew what I was supposed to I was born to play Serena Douglas. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you thought about as a parent, like how old is the right age to start introducing the Star Trek to them? Yes. I My son is nine and they're both very curious and nerdy as one mm-hmm. would want one's children you don't want them to find it accidentally right i don't want any other kids explaining it to them right right (laughs) and i don't want it handled by their ultra progressive schools you don't Um, want them to find star trek in the woods you want (laughs) to you want to be there for that Um, conversation i think it's now i mean i but then the question becomes like do you start with with the original show you know i mean what do you what do you two think the vanity in me would be like, you've got to begin with my episodes that I was in. <laughs> Thank you. That, that would be my impulse. That's their primer. And then it's all uh-huh. downhill from there. They'll be like, mommy, why aren't people singing in these episodes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've watched 60 more episodes and you're not in any of them. <laughs> their uncle, my brother, um, was obsessed with the original series and used to watch it after school in the 70s and 80s. And he wrote, oh, man. he spent a summer, we all had to keep our popsicle sticks and he built the Starship Enterprise out of popsicle sticks but he wrote his he wrote his essay for harvard about why he loved star trek so much and then when he came out to me after grad school in the mid 90s he ended up telling me that spock and like the open-mindedness and the just mutual dignity that that the original series and all the series have for all different kinds of people was yeah. helpful f- for him as like a closeted gay teen to feel like he was worthy. That's really that's really powerful. That's yeah. wonderful. That nice. Yeah. 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 Man, I'd love to see that uh, popsicle stick Enterprise too. Was <laughs> it all cool. differently colored because of the colors of the popsicles that were eaten? It was a rainbow Enterprise. Oh my gosh. It, it was like yeah. a pride flag. It would Enterprise. be, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's yeah. so great. <laughs> and I bet it smelled really, really fruity, fruity too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So good. And it was sticky in a way you don't want your models of starships to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Faith, you've had such an interesting career. You've done so many things like, you know, a podcast trailblazer. You're now on CBS Sunday Morning. Uh, I hear you panel on um, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me all the time. Thank you. And and you mentioned my book. And you know what? I'm going to be doing that as an off-Broadway show at the end of the year. Cool. Wow. Okay. So people can uh, pre-order tickets. Uh, oh my gosh, do you have like I a, love a Bitly it. link. Thank you for. I will soon. Honestly, I'm I'm like just dealing with my contract now, and it will be announced, and it will just run for like a month at the end of the year. But it's a dream come true, and I wanna I wanna also thank you both for well for all of it. But you know, returning to seeing myself as an actor, like watching these episodes recently gives me like a like a heart swell because I because it's my favorite thing to do. I love all the other stuff I do, but I miss acting. And so knowing that I was going to get to talk to you all about the acting experience and then knowing that I'm moving toward performing on stage again, it all yeah. it all feels it just feels so good. So thank thank you for letting me share that news. That's well, great. 
thank you for uh, creating a really great character and coming on The Greatest Discovery to talk to us about her. Uh, it, it's been a real thrill to get to talk to you. I've been I've been a fan for a really long time. That is, thank you. That is so nice. And I love your show. You two are like oh. the perfect... You know what I love is when people are totally irreverent about something they clearly have reverence for. Like yeah. that's a that's a that's alchemy. That's like a magical mix. That's <laughs> that's something that only the initiated can truly appreciate, right? If you really love something, you can make fun of it. And you must. Yeah. Truly. Uh, which is why I make jokes about umpire wastes all the time. <laughs> You're welcome for that. <laughs> Uh, nothing short of a delight to have you on the show and uh, we, we really really appreciate it keep up all the great work and, uh, and break a leg with your with your uh, one woman show that's super cool thank you so much I hope if y'all get to New York you can come thank you I do have one mention uh, of definitely. being beamed up on Star Trek in, in the show <laughs> cool great um, uh, can people buy the book on uh, at like I mean am I, I allowed know, to say Amazon Does that, yeah at mom and pop bookshop dot org yes <laughs> yes you can you can you can google approval junkie and find and definitely buy the uh, paperback because it uh, has a better cover <laughs> okay wow it, because the paperback has my mom's coca-cola cake recipe in it and that's essentially oh yeah yeah. That's nice. uh, that's going to be necessary. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for doing this, Faith. It's been Thanks, a real Faith. delight. Thank you both. And thank you, Rob. Adam, we have a couple of uh, Priority One messages in the inbox. Want to go take a look with me? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm already there. I beat you to it, the Priority One inbox. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on Secured Channel. Out of our first Priority One message is from Your Frog Prince, and it's to Ben and Adam. It goes like this. Feeling a bit embarrassed about calling you guys embarrassing idiots in my last <laughs> P1 on Greatest Gen. You're not idiots. I love you. Thank you for being a bright light of four to all Star Trek fans everywhere. Here's hoping you're blown out of an airlock real soon. Affectionately. Well, hey, that, that's sweet. Yeah, that's very nice of you, your frog prince. I think that when when we call ourselves embarrassing idiots, we do kind of unwittingly open the door for everyone else to call us embarrassing <laughs> idiots. And uh, it's weird when we're nice to each other; it never opens the door for people to be nice to us. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't change <laughs> people's Reddit comments in the slightest. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no harm, no foul. You're, you're you're good in our book, your frog prince. But thank you for the P one. Yeah, thanks for supporting the show, your frog prince. Then the second priority one message is from Sam, a DC homosexual. And it's to the pride of DeSoto. And I only say it that way because I know Sam. (laughs) The message goes like this. Happy pride to all LGBTQ plus greatest discovery and greatest generation viewers, a.k.a. the pride of DeSoto. Your memes, posts, and concern for each other has built a fabulous community that I'm so happy to be a member of. Also, shout out to Cut for Time and AC720 on the leaderboards from your boy, Jean-Luc Spincard. (laughs) Those are our Peloton names, uh, by the way. (laughs) And then finally, and a your bit would be great for my 40th. It can't be mine, Ben. It's definitely your 40th birthday. I mean, if it's your 40th 
birthday. It could be any time, really, because you're a time traveler. You know who would be terrible at doing Peloton is your. He hardly moves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he backwards. died in terrible pain. <laughs> Uh, you're one of our fr- favorite friends of DeSoto, Sam, and right, Sam. Uh, and happy Pride to the Pride of DeSoto, indeed. Uh, thank you for living, uh, living your truth and being and being proud and uh, and in public about it. You rule. Yeah, Sam's one of the greats. All right. Well, if you'd like to leave a P1 here on the Greatest Discovery, head to maximumfun.org/jumbotron. We really appreciate it. Helps us fund the production of this program. I spent a lot of last week sick in bed. And one thing I was so happy I had when I needed something to eat but didn't really have the energy to cook myself something was Factor Meals. Got a couple of these in the fridge at all times, and they are delicious, fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals. And they're ready to go in just about two minutes. And this is convenience food that is actually tasty and full of real ingredients and not hyper-processed crap. And they got you covered all throughout the day. They got pancakes, smoothies, grab-and-go bites, and uh, you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause and reschedule deliveries at any time. So head to factormeals.com trek50 and use code trek50 to get 50% off. That's code TREK50 at factormeals.com slash TREK50 to get 50% off. Top of the morning to ya. This episode is brought to you by the St. Patrick's Day Shamrock Shavers Manscaped. This year, don't just chase rainbows. Make your own pot of gold and groom your little leprechaun with the leaders in Below the Kilt Care. I didn't make that up. That's actual copy sent to us by the great folks over at Manscaped who make the shaver that I use downstairs on my little leprechaun. And uh, I recommend it. Uh, it works great. Uh, trimming the hedges in your Irish garden isn't just for below the belt. You can complete your look with their new signature Beard Hedger Pro Kit plus Handyman Electric Face Shaver. Everything they make is really good and high quality, and this new trimmer that they have comes with two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blades. They've got one for a classic trim and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and get free shipping with code TREK at manscaped.com. This St. Patrick's Day, make sure your little hairy leprechaun is luckier than ever with Manscaped. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! 
Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Well, Ben, that was big fun interviewing Faye Saley. She was just a delight to have on the show. She was. We forgot to ask her if she had a drunk Shimoda on set. Oh, it's, no. That, that was a real a real boner move by us. We blew it. Oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> this is what I get for writing down three questions before our interview. I was so excited. I, like, couldn't think straight. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were very cute, Ben, during that oh. whole interview. <laughs> I was, like, honestly, like, a huge, huge fan of her, of, of her podcast. It was, like... Like I think it started in like 2007 that show. Yeah. I was immediately put off balance because I hadn't heard the show at all and I'm like, "Oh great. <laughs> ben and Faith are going to hit it off so so well and I'm just going to be in the background eating shit." <laughs> I guess well, uh does that make us the uh the Edward Larkins of this episode of The Greatest Discovery? I think yeah. so for the first time in a very long while. I think that makes the Larkins us. Wow, look at us. <laughs> look at me. I'm the Larkin now. Uh, wow. Well, uh, I, thanks again to Faith Saley for taking all the time out of her busy schedule to record with us. And uh, I think we will throw it to Rob for uh, the, the end credits here on the show. Thanks, Robs. The Greatest Discovery is and will continue to be a Maximum Fun podcast hosted by Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica. The show, the podcast, this episode, they've all been produced by me, Rob Schulte. And as I wind down my time here at the Uxbridge Shimoda family, I just want to say thanks. This episode was spectacular much like all the rest. And so are the friends of DeSoto. Our theme music is by Adam Ragusia. Make sure to check him out as well. His YouTube page has some amazing recipes. The Card Daddy Bill Tilly, personal friend, excellent social media director. He handles all the accounts. Greatest track on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. If it's on social media, Bill's there. Remember to check out all the episodes that we've put together here on The Greatest Discovery. They're worth a re-listen. Maybe find something in the edit that uh, has lasted the test of time. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode of The Greatest Discovery. Yeah, you got it, Ben. All right. Do you? Welcome wait, to wait. The- I'm sorry, Ben. <laughs> ben, why do you have a Star Trek insignia on your microphone, but Adam does not?
Uh, this was sent in by a listener, and they only sent one. Um, it happens all the time. Uh, it's, oh, it's, uh, I'm going to send this... you something, Adam. I don't know what it is. But... Thank you. Just to me, though, okay? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, the, the horrifying truth about this thing is that this is not meant for a microphone. It's meant for a penis. It is a it, it is a penis costume that somebody ordered for us off off of a penis costume Etsy shop. Wait, have you already discussed this on the show? Uh, not well, enough. We discussed it. Not enough. We discussed it when we yeah. received it, but it deserves uh, yeah. its own episode. I, I kind of like that it's just kind of an Easter egg when anybody sees the microphone that that's actually what that. Okay, is. first of all, I don't want you to call it a penis costume. I want you to call it a penis cozy. <laughs> And second of okay. all, I okay. hope that okay. you refer to your penis as your mic. <laughs> Every time I've seen it, I would definitely call it a condenser. <laughs> I hope you add in a rim shot. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.